hello, hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker, and in just a moment, you'll hear from my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain, as he previews the 2020 draft for our Miami Dolphins. But first, I wanted to take just a moment to remind you, if you haven't already, to subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. It goes a long way in helping us spread the word. Additionally, you can find the same old Dolphin Show anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere. And make sure you are visiting DolphinsTalk.com every single day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins, especially now as we head into what stands to be one of the most important NFL drafts in recent Miami Dolphins history. Folks, I'm super excited to be back on the internet airwaves with you, even though it's just going to be for a moment here before I hand it over to Aaron the Brain with his NFL Draft preview. But I just wanted to take a moment to say hello. It's been a long time since uh, I've been on the show. And in that time, a lot has changed. Uh, I, my wife and I have welcomed a new baby girl into the world. As I'm sure you know, if you've been listening to the show uh, regularly, as Aaron the Brain has done a couple of off-season episodes, he's, I'm sure he's mentioned that here. So I had a little girl and then also this coronavirus thing is happening and the world is shut down and we're all locked away in our houses not to not to leave the house unless we're out getting some exercise or running for groceries or anything like that unless of course you are one of those incredible essential workers our doctors nurses frontline staff at hospitals and doctors offices but also delivery workers grocery store workers Police officers, firefighters, everybody that is out there doing essential jobs, working in transportation. If you're listening to this show and that is the job that you do, I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for all of the work that you are doing in these truly unprecedented times. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the same old Dolphin show. We are both excited to have you on board and hopefully we can provide you with a little bit of levity. It's been a strange thing as everything is locked down and all the major sports have been canceled. Basketball and hockey in the middle of their season shut down. Baseball in the middle of spring training shut down. And in the meantime, the NFL is in its offseason and things have largely been going on as though nothing has changed. Yeah, it's been a lot of virtual free agency and all the meetings have been happening on the phone or over the internet, but largely things have gone off without a hitch and the NFL is proceeding as though things are going to happen as normal come training camp. Now, after this draft, I'm sure things are going to change and maybe we may see some things canceled, but it's been kind of a, a wonderful distraction while everything else is shut down to have the NFL still going on, even in this offseason. So um, anyway, we're going to go ahead and we're getting ready for this big draft coming up later this week. 
I just want to let you know what we're gonna, what you can expect from us here at the same old Dolphin Show. As as you know, you're listening to our preview show, and Brain is gonna break things down for you in just a minute. But later on this week, we will do our recap show, and what we're gonna do is the Brain and I are gonna record as live, watching the draft together as the Dolphins make their first pick. So the what you're gonna hear on the show will be our actual recordings our actual thoughts and words as it happens as we watch the draft together and we'll uh, have our thoughts on as to whatever that first pick is we know it's a, a pretty monumental pick that the Dolphins are going to be making so we're going to react live to it in real time and that's what you'll hear when the podcast is put together after that we'll wait until the first night is over we'll do a quick recap show for the first night talking about everything once all the dust settles and then after that first day of the draft is done we'll let the next the rest of the draft play out that the last two days of the draft will happen and then we'll come back and do an overarching draft recap where we'll sort of evaluate everything as it happened um, in the draft and then we can really start to have that conversation again that conversation that we always have on this show is this team finally moving in a positive great direction and that's going to lead them to championship and Super Bowl glory or are they still just the same old dolphins we are going to find out and we are going to talk about it as we always do here on the same old dolphin show on the dolphinstalk.com podcast network so it's going to be later this week when you will finally have the brain and I together on the show doing a show together for the first time since uh, gosh probably just a couple weeks after the the regular season ended in 2019 just after christmas and new years but we'll be back together again to talk about the draft. In the meantime, I'm going to hand it off to my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Here he is with your Miami Dolphins 2020 NFL Draft Preview. Oh, oh my God. Good God Almighty. So we are finally here, just a couple of days away from the start of the 2020 NFL draft, the day that we have been waiting for, for, oh, it seems like two years. It's been at least a year and a half uh, since this whole process began of us uh, accruing draft capital, stripping the team bare, and trying to to tank to to rebuild this thing the right way through the draft. And the Dolphins come in with a league-high 14 picks, including three of them in the first round, two in the second round. Uh, so it's going to be, it, it's potentially a very exciting first day, two days, first, you know, the entire draft process could be potentially extremely exciting. Of course, there's also the potential of the Dolphins using some of those picks to trade up. It's, you know, it's possible that they that they trade down and they acquire more picks, or they could just stand pat and use all of the pet picks that they have. But that's what makes it so exciting is because unlike in years past where the Dolphins have been, you know, going into the draft basically with an arm tied behind their back and having five picks in seven rounds, they're coming out with 14 picks in this draft, and so they've got options, and that is exciting. Obviously, the biggest story is what do they do at quarterback? I've talked about it ad nauseum. We've all talked about it ad nauseum, and that is, are, were we tanking for Tua? Are we going to get Tua, 
or have we decided that uh, he's just not worth the risk because of the injuries? Are we sold on Justin Herbert? Are we not sold on Herbert? Do we think that it might be worth it just to ignore quarterback entirely early on in the draft with that number five pick and wait and see if maybe we can get Jordan Love or maybe one of these other guys later in the draft. For me, I've been, I've had my mind made up since the beginning. Even with the the hip injury, Tua is my guy. Uh, I just think you you've put too much in to rebuilding this thing to get that generational talent and he is going to be there whether it's whether it's having to trade up at three or you're sitting there at five if he drops to you I just think you got to figure out a way to get this guy because he is the reason I mean not the only reason but probably the biggest reason that the Dolphins decided to rebuild in the way that they did because they saw this generational talent out there and they said this is the guy that we want to build our franchise around. Now, that said, there's been <laughs> there's been a whole lot of talk, and and we did the show. Uh, you know, I did the show uh, about a week ago where I talked about smoke screens, and a lot of talk first was talked about. You know, Tua uh, looking really good in his in his workouts. You know, his private workouts. Uh, his pro day and things of that nature. But then over the last week or two, it seems to have shifted. News has come out about uh, him failing physicals and uh, the doctors just red flagging him because of injury problems dating back to, you know, since he was a freshman at Alabama uh, with wrist injuries and ankle injuries. And then of course the hip injury that has, cause the the biggest controversy over this prospect and the dolphins have have been saying you know hey we we're fine we we're really high on on Justin Herbert and what I've been saying uh you know what I said on our last show and what I've been saying all along is you know that might be the case but at the same time if the dolphins were high on Tua and were worried because the price kept going up to trade up to whether it was number two or number three or number four or wherever they had to move up to secure that Tua would be their guy, it wouldn't behoove them to be high on Tua publicly. And all the word around from the the really trustworthy reporters who are really plugged in has been that you're really not getting any information out from the Dolphins. So... What I believe, and look, this is totally just going, I mean, this is maybe not totally going on a hunch, but mostly going on a hunch and then just reading tea leaves, is that this leaking out of Tua is, you know, undraftable, these injuries are a bigger concern, Herbert is is our guy, that that either is not coming from Miami or it is coming from Miami by way of leaks that are being purposely leaked because it's false information, a.k.a. a smokescreen. And a couple of reasons for it uh, that I believe that. The biggest reason is a couple of days ago, an article, an article came out on, uh, on 247 Sports uh, that said that the, the Dolphins, right before this whole uh, shutdown, 
before the the COVID nineteen shutdown when you know everything in the NFL shut down and really everything in the entire world and, and the entire country shut down and they and we found out that teams weren't going to be bringing in players for private interviews. This is March twelfth or thirteenth. This is a couple weeks after the combine has already taken place. And the first guy that the Dolphins reportedly tried to bring in was Tua Tungavailoa. Now, this is, again, this is post-physical. So if the Dolphins were dead set against drafting Tua because he was quote-unquote undraftable, then why would he be the first guy that you would bring in? For me, that says this is the guy the Dolphins want. This is their target all along, and it's one of those, you know, under-the-radar things that maybe not everybody is looking at, and instead they're looking at, you know, reports and leaks and everybody, you know, kind of a misdirection. But if you look at something dating back um, over a month ago, that should have been your clue that Tua is indeed the Dolphins guy. Um, You had Nick Saban coming out. Uh, today and saying that whoever, you know, if, if, if teams pass on Tua to take a different quarterback or to not take a quarterback, they're going to be regretting it for the next decade plus. Uh, and, and I agree with him. I look, Nick Saban's coached a lot of quarterbacks and he's never, never been this, you know, has never heaped praise on a quarterback the way, or really any player than he has on the way that he has on Tua Tagovailoa. So I am I'm full team Tua. Now that said, if the Dolphins in the Dolphins could also at the same time like Herbert as a prospect, and if that's the case, if they truly like both of them, then. You know, that would be an argument to say, well, we really want Tua, but we don't want to give up two first-round picks to get him. You know, we don't want to give up picks 18 and 26 and possibly another pick or or even one of those picks to move up two spots to secure uh, Tua. We're going to stay at number five, and if somebody happens to either... If, if Detroit wants him and they take him, so be it. If somebody's going to give up three first-round picks to get him to move up to three and, and grab him before us, then so be it, and we'll just take Herbert. Personally, I'd be I'd be very concerned if that happened um, because my feeling is you just got to get up and you got to do what you got to do to get your guy, and if two is your guy, and I believe you know, I'm I'm next to certain that Tua is their guy. He's been their guy for about two years. Then you just got to figure out a way to get the job done. Because at the end of the day, if this guy is a Hall of Fame talent and a franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, nobody's going to care that you gave up two first rounds or three first rounders to get him. All they're going to care about is that you got him. And you got all these draft picks for the reason that in the event that you won more games than you anticipated, that you'd be able to trade up to get your guy. So if, if two is their guy, you got to get him. Now, this draft is is not just about Tua, though, and it's not just about the quarterback position. Like I said, you got 14 picks. 
So what are the other needs that this team has? They've got quite a few. I Obviously, uh, the biggest need outside a quarterback is offensive line. Some would say offensive line is the bigger need. It's just not the you know highest priority because it, it's going to take a high pick to get your quarterback and, and not as high a pick to address the offensive line. So I, I do think that offensive line is the next spot that the Dolphins absolutely need to tackle in this draft. And it's an interesting group of prospects because there seems to be a really good group of of tackles maybe about five of them maybe six that could go in the first round of this draft and you know where do the dolphins attack it if let, let's say they they use the number 5 pick let's say a perfect world Tua drops down to 5 or whoever you want drops down to 5 they don't have to give anything up to get them uh they take their quarterback at 5 whoever that may be Tua Tagovailoa at 18 when that rolls around are the the top offensive linemen are they still there for me the dream guy to be there would be Jedrick Wills. Uh, obviously, Tri- I, I, Tristan Wirfs is is pretty much widely considered the top offensive lineman in this draft. The top tackle, I think, mostly. I mean, look, obviously, first round talent, but just was just a beast at the combine, at the workouts, and so because of that, I think he he jumped up ahead a, a of a of a few guys like Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas, Mackay Becton, but. To me, if Werfs, Wills, Thomas, Becton, if either of those four, if any of those four are there at 18, it's, you gotta take. Those are, it looks like can't miss offensive tackles. However, in most of the mock drafts that I've looked at and that I've done myself with these mock draft simulators, those guys did not last to 18. So when you got to 18, what you're looking at is you're looking at uh, Josh Jones, who is a tackle from Houston that is regarded as a first-round pick. Some would say would be a reach at 18, but uh, others would say that's where the the tackle class kind of drops off is after is after Josh Jones. There's also Ezra Cleveland, but he's regarded as a second round pick. And then there's uh, a couple of centers, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan and Lloyd Cushenberry the third from LSU, uh, who are are both centers and regarded as the top centers in the draft. And maybe they could play guard. I'm not sure, but. Josh Jones seems to be kind of the, the cliff uh, as far as tackle is concerned. So he should br- he should be there at 18. And so if you get to 18 and the Dolphins don't pick again until 26, then you're 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 uh, you've got to make a decision. Is it if you love Josh Jones at left tackle and you say like this guy is a franchise tackle? then to me it's a no-brainer. If you're not sold on him, then I think you need to look at other positions because you don't want to be reaching because we do have other needs and you can't you do have other picks uh, a bevy of them so you could address that position later in the draft. And so if they decide to go uh, a different direction, another area of need for this team is safety. We know that Brian Flores 
likes to play a lot of dime, a lot of quarter, obviously a lot of nickel. In fact, in his time in New England, in his last year at New England, prior uh, to getting the job with the Dolphins, uh, on that Patriots championship defense, he had three safeties that all played at least 65% of the snaps. Well, you look at the safeties right now in Miami, and it's a little bit of a barren desert. I mean, there 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 are some players there that are kind of some guys that they that they maybe developed, some undrafted guys that they brought in that did an admirable job. You had Bobby McCain playing out of position for much of last year uh, in that deep safety role. You brought in Eric Rowe. Now, what I'll say is Eric Rowe, a guy that they brought in to play corner. And figured out about halfway through the year that he plays a darn good strong safety. He seems to have, and and then they extended him. So he seems to be the guy to be that strong safety type. That guy that is going to cover tight ends, play up in the box. So that's great. The thing is, in in Flores' defense, he also wants a deep safety. And, you know, that, that deep single high uh, center field kind of safety, and then he also wants that that hybrid uh, safety corner type that can that can uh, play in the two deep, can come down in the box when needed, can cover in the slot when needed, can kind of kind of a do everything kind of safety, and to you know kind of like. Minka Fitzpatrick was. He was kind of the perfect fit for that. Unfortunately, Minka, you know, basically forced his way out early last year, you know, basically after we traded Laramie Tunsil and and then got blown out and he decided uh, he didn't want to be here anymore. So we got what we could. And so with that 18th pick that we got from the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, uh, it might not be a bad spot. Again, if you're not sold on the offensive tackles that are there, to look at a couple of safeties like potentially Xavier McKinney from Alabama or Grant Delpit out of LSU. I am a fan of Delpit uh, going off of the limited amount of times that I that I did watch him because I didn't because I admittedly didn't watch a ton of college football this past off year off season or this past season, but obviously. If you watched college football, you did watch LSU, you did watch Alabama, and Del Pitt and McKinney are two guys that jumped off the page. And uh, Del Pitt, just a freakish athlete, 6'3", 213, a beast in zone, good instincts, uh, can cover all over the field, sideline to sideline. He seems to be a great fit and and may very well be in a lot of mock drafts I've seen when you get down to that pick 18 he may be the best player available at a position that that the Dolphins have in very high demand and so I look at him possibly Xavier McKinney however another guy that could be really good in that role as far as a do everything kind of guy could be Antoine Winfield uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota, and he's a guy that's not expected to go until potentially mid late second, mid to late second round, or even early third round. So he's a day two pick. So maybe you know the Dolphins feel like, eh, we could get by with what we've got. Uh, we've got two shutdown corners in 
Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. We've got McCain, who did a, a serviceable job as the deep safety. You got Eric Rowe, who thrived at strong safety. And then you've got some guys, you know, uh, that that you brought in, uh, you know, undrafted guys that we took off the scrap heap that did, you know, a serviceable job, or you can draft somebody later. So safety, another position of need. Staying in the defensive backfield, look, yes, we do have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. That's true. And so as far as top two corner tandems, duos go, the Dolphins are, in, are are as talented as any team in the league. They they probably have the best one-two cornerback duo in the league. However, two things. One, what do you have behind them? Uh, you basically have Nick Needham, and then you have uh, Bobby McCain. But if you're playing Bobby McCain at safety, then you really don't have... I mean, you, you then have Nick Needham, who's an undrafted guy who did admirably in his first year. Then you've got Cordrea Tangersley. The, are you are you terribly confident in him? And you're paying an awful lot of money for your top two corners. Xavier Howard's contract, very much front-loaded. The guaranteed money is basically done after the third year of his deal. So you got two more years guaranteed of Xavier Howard. Wouldn't be a bad idea to go after a cornerback if you see one available. That said, uh, unless you're taking Jeffrey Okuda with your number five pick, I don't know that any of the other corners uh, unless you really love uh, Christian Fulton or A.J. Terrell out of Clemson, uh, if you really love one of those guys, then those guys may be there at 18 or 26. Otherwise, I think uh, you're looking at, at waiting a little bit at the corner position. The other position that's been talked about a lot for the Dolphins is the running back position. Because, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick led the team in rushing last year. And yes, a lot of that was because the offensive line wasn't very good, but a lot of that was also because we didn't have a very good running back. Now, that's debatable because we did trade Kenyon Drake, and once Kenyon Drake got traded to Arizona, he kind of went off at the end of the year uh, for them. But for whatever reason, he did not do the job for Miami, so maybe it was as simple as, as not blocking. However... Whatever the case, Kenyon Drake's not here, and our running back depth chart is is pretty, pretty thin. It's currently Jordan Howard, who we just brought in on, on a two-year deal, which is essentially a one-year deal with a, with a team option for the second. Kalen Balage, or as I like to call him, Kalen Garbage. Miles Gaskin, who I think is a, you know, just kind of a, a gimmicky kind of player, a guy that I like, but not a guy that's going to you know, tote the rock 20 times a game. And then Samaj P. Ryan, a guy that we signed off the scrap keep at the end of last year, a guy who once was thought to have a good amount of upside. I'm not a believer in any of those three guys under Jordan Howard, and I'm not a big fan of Jordan Howard. I think Jordan Howard is kind of a plodding between the tackles, uh, you know, give you give you four yards of carry kind of guy. Maybe a nice compliment to to a true number one back or you know a, a bat or, or a three down back. But Jordan Howard, to me, if if Jordan Howard's your number one running back, you don't really have much of a running game, and so. So people are saying, well, when you get towards the back half of the of the first round, you know, at 18 and 26, that's when you might want to take a look 
at the running backs that are there. And a lot has been talked about Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. Personally, I, I like J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. But I believe, just I mean, first off, from a, from a team-building perspective, I just don't believe in drafting a running back in the first round unless they are just all-world talent, like, a, like an Adrian Peterson or a Marshall Falk, or you're one piece away. Obviously, the Dolphins are not one piece away, and I don't believe that any of these running backs are all-world talent. And I believe that the majority of the NFL has come around on this idea, and because of that, what you've seen year, you know, more, more often than not over the past several years are really good running backs dropping either to the very back of the first round or to the or to the second round, third round, and that's when teams start saying, all right, we got our we got our our offensive linemen, we got our defensive backs, our edge rushers, our quarterbacks, our wide receivers. Now let's attack the running backs. And I believe that that's the way to do this as well. So uh for me, what I'd be looking and again if you don't attack Josh Jones at 18, let's say he's the best tackle there, and then he's not there at 26, then I think you've really put yourself between a rock and a hard place because now you're you're talking about uh, reaching on tackles and reaching on offensive linemen. There are a couple of offensive linemen, interior guys that I like in the second round, those being Cesar Ruiz, Ezra Cleveland, well, Ezra Cleveland is a, is a tackle, Lloyd Cushenberry, those are the two interior linemen that I like in the second round. And then I think guys like Austin Jackson, eh, maybe Ezra Cleveland, those guys, you know, Prince Tega, Wanogo, <laughs> excuse me for butchering his name. Um, those are guys that, that I would, I wouldn't mind seeing the Dolphins, uh, get in, in with either one of their two second round picks or even a third round pick. Uh, but I think the Dolphins need, they need to come out of the first round with a with an offensive lineman that they feel like this guy is going to be a staple on the offensive line for the next decade. And so I think if you get to 18 and Wills, Thomas, Becton, and obviously Werfs are gone and Jones is there, I think it's really hard to pass up Jones in that spot just because from a from a position scarcity standpoint, I think that's where the first round grades uh, take the cliff. So I would take Josh, Josh Jones in the in with the number eighteen pick. Although if if any of those other four tackles happen to be there, to me they are no brainers. And then at twenty six, that's where I start looking at the defensive backs. I also would look at the at the uh, edge rushers. AJ Epinesa is a guy that going into last year. I think most expected to be a top 10 pick. He did not have as impressive a junior year as expected, but he's looked at being looked at as being a perfect scheme fit for the Dolphins. So, if you're sitting there at 26 and maybe, you know, you're looking at Epinesa and you're looking at Delpit and you're looking at McKinley or you're looking at a couple of the cornerbacks or you know, maybe you're looking at the running backs. Maybe you're looking at wide receiver. I know, uh, to me, if you're going to go wide receiver, you're probably using the the number 18 pick. You're hoping that either C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, or Henry Ruggs drops to you at 18. Still, to me, I'm probably not reaching there. 
I, I think at 26, I, I think at 18, you're going offensive line. And then at 26, I think that that could be potentially the most interesting pick. I also don't want to uh, be so rigid. Uh, look, the Dolphins could be sitting at 18 and love an offensive. They could see Jedrick Wills, who they I, I believe is the dream scenario. Uh, the guy that they want because he's the right tackle and you're getting Tua, who's a left-handed quarterback, Jedrick Wills, the beastly right tackle that protected Tua, you know, in his last two years at Alabama. You know, that way you, you've you already got uh, Jesse Davis on the left side or you draft another tackle and you move Jesse Davis back inside to guard. I believe, you know, if they – if you know, they might be sitting at 18 and there might be a run coming on offensive linemen and they might look at it and say, hey, let's let's give up, uh, you know, maybe a third round pick, a fourth round pick, maybe one of our picks from next year, whatever it's going to take to move up a few spots and ensure that you get a franchise tackle with this with that number with with that second first round pick. And they could do the same thing at 26 as well. Uh, if they don't do it at 18. So, you know, let's say they're at 18. Maybe they, they're they looking at, you know, CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs, and those guys are falling. And then they're, they're a couple of picks away, and they're looking at the offensive line, and they're saying there, there's a couple of guys that, we're, that we'd be comfortable taking a little bit later on. Hey, let's trade up, grab the receiver, because we think they're the best player available, and then maybe we think we can get Josh Jones later in the first round. I think there's it's there's a bevy of scenarios that could take place when you've got three first round picks, two second round picks, all the draft capital from next year, and so many needs to fill. It that's what makes this so exciting. So, and that's before we even get to the second round, the third round, the fourth round, where the meat of this team is going to be to be built because look you got three picks in the first round two picks in the second round you got a, you got your own third round pick which is number 70 overall so you got six of the first 70 picks which is just absurd absurd excuse me and then you know you got your you got a compensatory pick in the fourth round you got three fifth round picks to play with and then you got a sixth round pick uh, and and three seventh round picks to play with. So, look, it's going to be a fun few days, uh, an exciting few days. It might not be as fun if we don't end up with with Tua and the Dolphins. Uh, you know, piss a lot of people off, a lot of Dolphins fans off, myself included. But this draft has the potential of being, look, it's certainly the most important draft. Probably, it's hard to say in franchise history because you you had your your first draft, you've got your draft where you drafted Dan Marino, you've got your drafts that built the championship team, the perfect team in the the 70s. But it's certainly the most important draft in a long, long, long time because you got 14 picks, a team that is, we know is rebuilding. And has a more flexibility than they ever have, and we know that they're going to try to fill the quarterback position. So it's going to be fun. I'm, you know, I've I've been a little latent on it about my excitement for the draft, but now that we're two days away, I am 
extremely excited. So all I can say is tune in. Don't forget, uh, we are going to be doing a live show. I mean, we're going to record live. We're going to give you your real time, our real time reactions. Josh is going to be back on the show. We're actually going to do a show together on Thursday during the draft. It's going to be partially during the draft. We're going to be ready. Just in case the Dolphins trade up, we're going to be ready to record at the number three pick to give you our live uh, reactions. And then we are for sure, whenever it is that the Dolphins make their first pick, we are going to give you our live in-person reaction. And then we're going to let the rest of the first round play out. And then we're going to give you our, our summary of day one's events and what to look forward to in day two. But until then, I am Aaron the Brain for Amplified to Josh, Amplified to Rock. Josh, this is Aaron saying, Go Dolphins!